What's up, beautiful people? I'm Nathaniel Pearl. And I'm Sammy Sheva. And welcome to Curious Chimps Podcast, a show where we explore the infinite complexities of the human experience. We do not endorse anything illegal. So please, consult the doctors, do your research, and for the love of all that is holy, be safe. All right, let's talk about drugs. Curious, curious, curious chimps. There's a bunch, all the oils, whatever you need. There's all these cool mixes too. And mm-hmm. they can show you how to make the mixes and everything is edible unless you're like really not supposed to eat something like yeah, eucalyptus You have to be careful because not all essential oils are ingestible. Yeah. Like some actually are toxic if you take inside. For example, eucalyptus oil. That's it. Can't drink it? No. It's just, toxic. just the, the plant is bad for you. Even some, you, have, you really have to research which one are okay to ingest and which one are not, and the ones that are not, then don't, because it's toxic. Like, you're not even, yeah, now it's like a trend. Like, yeah. like I even I, like, do take so but you really have to be careful. It's not in big quantities neither, because it's like taking, like, big bush of plant and you concentrate it in an oil. Yeah. So one drop could be the equivalent of, like, maybe, like, three pounds of that plant. So you really have to be careful. You're supposed to dilute it. So, yeah, so. Oh, yeah, I haven't been doing that. I should put it in like a coconut oil and like put it on my skin or something yeah, <laughs> instead yeah. of just like. I mean, look. some are okay. <laughs> like to be honest, like you know, yesterday I, I take my lavender, I do like this, and then I rub it on my tummy or something. <laughs> like mm. some are, I know that like, even if I overdose, it wouldn't be the end of the world. But um, others, like you, really have to be careful. Yeah, I'd I'd love to look more into it because like frankincense apparently is just one of those like big hitters. Like if you read it, if you read about mm-hmm. it, there's just like this laundry list of benefits, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, like that's cool. Like sometimes uh, too much information is like intimidating, and then you just you, you lose interest. Maybe mm-hmm. that's just me because I do have like a kind of ADD brain a little bit, you know, and and it becomes like overwhelming, and you just kind of you're like, ah, I'll live without it. I've lived this long, you know. But if you have like three or four really powerful oils. And you don't have to really, like, change your life much. You just, like, you know, rub something on your forehead or on your stomach or on or you put a little drop under your tongue or something. And, and it, it just smelling this apparently helps mm-hmm. um, repair your brain from, like, uh, from brain trauma. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how the fuck is that possible? I don't know how that works. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, just, I may as well drink it. And then and I said it as a joke at first. And then Ramsey was like, oh, dude, drink it. <laughs> you know and I was like what do you mean he's like dude drink it it's okay. gonna like cure cancer like he's he's so like up on it he's so yeah. like dude it prevents this okay. it prevents that well you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah I know I went for the I reached <laughs> let's let's get the research I reached yeah. really, uh, <laughs> are we, are you we know, recording are we up everything yeah is, we're good well, <laughs> let's just keep talking fuck yeah. it <laughs> essential oils but yeah I mean I'm as much as I am a big fan of everything natural. I still have my, my logical brain and scientific mind. So, you know, first and foremost, you know, there are some research on it. So, yeah. But let's not get too much into the hype neither because there's also the placebo effect. Yeah, no, but, but it's important. it's a proven fact. Like one of my, my favorite sites is actually self-hacked and also examine.com. You can put the name of the plants, the substances, and then get like a big list of all, you know, what are the real benefits. You know. I'm gonna look that up. That's awesome. Without the placebo effect. That's. I mean, if anything, you use that information to kind of direct the placebo effect. Mm-hmm. To just be like, hey, help this along. You yeah. don't need the placebo effect because it's come some kind of like proven side effect or, or direct effect. But just to be like, 
feeding into it, mm-hmm. giving it some momentum. Which maybe I don't know. I don't know if that's good or bad. But if it's going to help you feel better, who cares? <laughs> yeah, as long as it's an educated approach too, not blindly just taking something. That's that's why I mentioned yeah. my my frankincense experience because I didn't think about what it was going to do to me. Obviously, unconsciously, so much is happening, and that's that's where the placebo effect kind of lies. But I I wasn't expecting. My, my gum to heal. I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting, like, I, like it kind of surprised me and overtook my attention. And then I kind of scanned my body and realized there was a lot of, there was like a feeling of lightness. Like, mm-hmm. a, like a, I, I know if I'm fasting or if I'm eating right for a long period of time, I know what it feels like to have a kind of reduced inflammation, mm-hmm. especially because you might have like little injuries all mm-hmm. over your body. Like everybody has like a bum knee and a yeah. that ankle they sprained and blah, 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 you know? <laughs> and I have like, I have like a fucked up jaw. Mm. I have like, uh, I have inflammation all around. All yeah. <laughs> when, it's, when it's humid and shit. Oh, my neck. Oh, yeah. My mm. neck is the hugest indicator. <laughs> I did a double backflip once and landed on my head wow. on a trampoline. So it wasn't a hard surface, but it like kind of bounces you. Mm-hmm. So you like blit, like you bend hard, and uh, yeah, I could have died. So you know, but you're, still, you're <laughs> still here. I'm happy you're here. <laughs> Thank you. I'm happy you're here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Maybe we'll just take a second, just introduce late to, intro. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> to the whole virtual the audience who we are, who you are. Yes. So yeah. So hey. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? It's going great. Beautiful. How are you? <laughs> How I am doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. I think uh, so I connected through you uh, to you through Adam, a mutual friend, mm-hmm. and he was telling me about uh, how you serve Cambo mm-hmm. as a for medicinal use, and it's fascinating. I never actually participated yet. I was a little bit hesitant at, at the beginning from all my research but it's something i'd like to participate in one day mm-hmm. and so yeah that's how we connected <laughs> yes <Yeah>. yes <laughs> through the magical traditional medicine uh, frequency let's call it that yeah <laughs> it's a big uh, wave man it's a big train for a lot of people to meet yes. and and it, what's cool is a lot of people already know each other like you start mm-hmm. getting that kind of synchronicity thing anyway oh yeah just, just wanted to throw that in there <laughs> it's cool and we also have a mutual friend i i, I don't know if you remember shaheen Yes, yeah. Shaheen. He's, he's yeah. a special soul. I love him. <laughs> I met him. He, he showed uh, me his back and he had like these <laughs> doubtous spider. I saw him at ceremony and I was just like, what the fuck yeah. happened? <laughs> well, very courageous soul. Oh, yes. Very Shaheen, courageous soul. He I goes all ser- in, yeah. all, you know, he's like an open yeah. soul. You know, he's like, Angie, I trust you. Just, yeah. And I mean, he can probably tell you his experience, but yes. Uh, <laughs> he's like, I brother, I purged so much. It was so nice. <laughs> 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 it is a very liberating experience mm. that's for sure i mean um it is an intense experience like a lot of amazonian traditional medicines um out there um but it's a very very uh, liberating mm. and has a very um a, a harmonious way of doing things body mind and spirit Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Would very potent. S- do you feel like a lot of the the purging itself is what you're referring to, or the obviously the whole experience is, is more than that? But yes, I've I just personally feel like puking is like this double edged sword where you really don't want to do it, but then like while or after you're doing it, you're so glad you did. Yes. Well, <laughs> to put the purging in context, you know, um, in Amazonian traditional medicines and also in other traditions like you know the, the yogic tradition, purging is not just like, you know, like here in North America or in America, we think, oh, you know, I had gastro and then I purged. But 
in done in a context of you know traditional Amazonian medicine, it's really a healing effect of purging. So what you purge is not really oh I'm vomiting like I'm normally doing. It's really like a healing purging effect. Mm. So um, in terms of cambo, well you know the secretions after it's put on the body, we start the process. There's like multiple chemical processes that start, and one of them is really you know you. There's a purging effect of your like the liver, your gallbladder, and also from your stomach. So all those gastric juices, either the bile from those organs go into your stomach, and eventually it is brought up to the surface by the purging, the number one purge mm. that I call it. Because there's many types of purges <laughs> that happen <laughs> during this type of processes. Um, so, you know, the number one, so vomiting and going number two to the toilet. But there's also like, you know, emotional purges that happens, mental purges, is spiritual purges. <laughs> I mean, after number one, number two, I just, you know, tell the list. Um, <laughs> spiritual purges also happens, you know, weird energies that leave, you know, the body, yeah. the mind, the soul. So, and all of the above sometimes, all at the same time. So. I was going to, yeah, I feel like they're obviously greatly connected or maybe mm-hmm. even the same thing in a way sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm, I'm wrong about that or, or if it's like there's more to it. But Well, there is a link, of course, in the alternative realm because we are all really talking about a realm that's very alternative. And if you talk to a normal doctor, you know, they'll tell you, mm-hmm. you know, you're just talking gibberish right now. Mm-hmm. But... In, I guess, in the complementary alternative health um, and arts, you know, <laughs> healing arts, um, we say that, yes, oftentimes there's um, a link between a physical blockage, so, you know, something that's of the matter, and there's also a link, you know, with something emotional or something, you know, from the psyche realm. So sometimes when you purge, you know, that matter, mm. there's a mix of everything that comes out at the same time. Mm -hmm. And in the purging process that happens with Cambo, then, um, you know, you also see different layers of purging that happens within uh, the person's process. You know, at the beginning, it might be a little bit lighter. And as the time goes, you know, it goes deeper, deeper, deeper into Mm -hmm. um, what comes out. And it's oftentimes very surprising what comes out of a person, Um, at least what I see in the bucket. Of That's course, it. I don't go and check what happens in the number two yeah. <laughs> bowl. I leave them yeah. into their own process in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, but That's yeah, um, but it's the same type of process that also happens in other t- Amazonian traditional medicines like ayahuasca. Or if you go and experience you know, a traditional, for example, um, shipibo, like a retreat where they... You, they'll put you through multiple types of vomitos where like, you'll have to go and purge different types of times with different yeah. plants. And, you know, um, so, yeah, so the, this cleansing is part of the healing process. But also for me, it's not only for, you know, psycho-spiritual healing, but also it, it could also be amazing for personal development as well. Mm. And also, you know, even beyond as well. Maybe just for context, for those who don't know what Cambo is, we could just break down basically what Cambo is exactly and the process of of administering it and how someone receives it. Yes, so Cambo is part of, like I say again, uh, traditional Amazonian medicines, which we use the secretions of a frog called the Philomedusa bicolor. That's the uh, Latin name, to be exact. And um, so there's a harvesting process that is done in a traditional way by the Matsis in uh, the jungle. That's where my medicine comes from. Mm. And um, so there's a 
you know, traditional process, how it's harvested, and it arrives here in Montreal where it's served in a ceremonial well. So it's a spiritual process that I offer people. And yeah, so from A to Z, um, you know, there's, of course, you know, I do talk with everybody beforehand. There's like, you know, the preparation, there's a consultation in a sense. And then when they come, then, you know, we talk even further about what's going on. I'm also like a, a trained um, certified coach. Also, I do spiritual coaching. So I'm able to go really, really deep with the person to really try to unroot, in a sense, what's going on to really find what's um, either the psycho-spiritual wound behind it or um, trying to see, you know, oftentimes it's, a, it's an emotional charge and also a limiting belief that's anchored to that. So that's, at the end of the day, what we're really trying to, uh, to release. Mm. So we go yeah. deep into that, and then I open the circle, calling in all the um, the directions. You know, the benevolent spirits they're going to help us through the process, and we open the ceremony. So I start by opening the gates. That's what we call. So taking a little incense stick and doing small burns on the body, then removing that first layer of the skin, and then I prepare the medicine. Meaning, I take the secretions of the frog that's dehydrated, mix it with water, apply it on the skin, and that's when the Campbell process starts. And uh, it takes anywhere from five seconds to maybe five minutes until the um, the effects start to, I guess, to show. Wow. I would say on average, it takes anywhere from two or three minutes maximum. And you still, you, you feel, you start, I mean, some people, it takes less than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but on average, let's say it takes about maybe like two minutes and a half until you st first start feeling like the effects of the Cambo. Is, sorry, oh, go. I'm just curious about the details. Like, the, um, so you burn the skin to expose a, like a deeper layer, so that you can get this into the bloodstream. Yes. By, so just by contact. Mm -hmm. So the process is we put the Campbell onto the lymphatic system. So to have access to that, we have to burn the skin. It's really truly like the first superficial layer of the skin, mm. and then we put the Campbell into the lymphatic system which is like your second like highway in a sense after like uh, your blood system. It's the best way to put a substance uh, into your body because it really um, distributes it in everywhere, like from, you know, your glands to your like, organs to your heart to your brain. Yeah. So after yeah. that, um, the Campbell is really... I always pictured it as like... Um like, a, like a circulatory system with no heart. So like mm -hmm. you have to move around. Like you, so I didn't think it would... Like, does it circulate for other reasons than, than muscles? I, I don't have a lot of info on the, the lymphatic, lymphatic system. system. It's an amazing system. I think everybody should <laughs> get knowledgeable about that because it is actually your immune system is linked to that, mm -hmm. linked to your spleen. Um, and yeah, it literally distributes uh, the lymph. So, you know, that liquid throughout your whole body, through your brain. So, yeah, it's uh, it's magical. Um, that's why, you know, uh, some people get, like, lymphatic massages. It's really good. Like, if you're sick, you need to, like, uh, not only, like, when you exercise, it's good for the lymphatic system because it moves that liquid, but mm. we should, like, massage, each, like, you know, uh, ourselves to, to move that, uh, that lymph. I actually use, I haven't used it in a while, but I have a body scrubber, mm -hmm. and that's mainly for lymphatic uh, flow. So you, scr you usually scrub your whole body, and it's going to help with the lymphatic drainage. 
Hmm. You know, and that's a lot about uh, dispensing a lot of stuff is through lymphatic, uh, the lymphatic system. Mm -hmm. Is it like, is that like uh, at the same time, is it like a, those dry scrub things? Yeah. Yeah. With the brushes mm -hmm. on it. Uh, yep. I that's why people do dry brushing. It's yeah. actually to stimulate the, uh, yes. the lymphatic that's system. That's what it's for. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I never understood that. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. like a skin thing. And it, like your skin <laughs> gets all, it gets all red and stuff, but it's like, it's not your, it's like the under layer is just coming up to the surface, you know? It's really huh. interesting. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. And then, okay. So the, um, this uh, substance you mm -hmm. said is dehydrated. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know. I, I'm just curious. I'm just like I'm curious. Like this is extracted from a frog. Yes. That you, you gave the name of that I already forgot. <laughs> it's. I mean the the shorter I guess name. It's uh, the uh, giant tree frog. So yeah, isn't it super it. small? I thought it's actually quite big for for a frog. It's big like my two hands put together. Oh okay, big for so a frog. Powerful frog. So it's like that's why it's called a giant monkey tree frog. That is such a cool name. Okay, so yeah. that's the not Latin name. <laughs> I can remember that one a lot more easily. And so, how do they extract it? Is it like, do they kill the frog? No, it's no, like no, 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 no. Uh, I would uh, never participate in something that would harm an animal. I was actually like a vegan for a long time. So, okay. animal rights are really important for me, and I wouldn't participate, you know, for spiritual reasons, so something that I'll personal thing will create karma mm -hmm. for me um no quite the opposite um the way that it's harvest in a way uh it's done the traditional way it's um so the matzis in the jungle they have to sing to the frog this is a nectarian frog so only you know is awake during the night so they have to sing to the frog and then the frog comes to them they usually pick it up um either leave it on the tree branch and cut the the, the branch and bring it like to the camp mm. or to take it. Um, and then when they arrive to camp, they stretch the frog in the X position. So stretching the paws and put a little uh, string around their paws. And then that's how they are able to, um, in a sense, harvest the secretion. So, you know, the it's like not fun for the frog. So that's why you and s some people have to like stimulate her a little bit and then then it, it mm. secretes. So this is the, her defense mechanism. Yeah. So after you know it's execrate uh, the secretions, they take a, a bamboo stick and put another bamboo stick. So these sticks, which are about I should have brought them, but they're about this big. Um, so it takes four frogs to do one stick. So this is like a very precious um, medicine. It's a very precious uh, secretion. So it's mm. done in a very respectful way, yeah. also towards the the frog. After they're taking the secretion, then they remove the frog from their little strings, and then they put her back um, to to the forest. And the little strings do make a little mark. So next time they go back to the forest, then if they see a frog with a mark, then they know not to you know harvest her again. So. They wow. leave her alone. Interesting. Yeah. How did they figure this out? <laughs> well, that's an interesting story. Um, <laughs> the tradition uh, says that the once upon a time there was uh, this uh, shaman uh, called uh, Kampuk uh, who, you know, lived in the jungle and then his village got sick. So, you know, he tried all his remedies, his plant remedies, you know, he, he started to... to feel, you know, what's going on, what I'm going to do. So he took some ayahuasca, mm. drank some ayahuasca, and the ayahuasca told him to go in the jungle to find this tree, and this is where he'll find the remedy to heal his village. Wow. So he went on to this quest, as shamans do, into the jungle, found a tree, and found this frog on this tree. <laughs> so he brought back the frog <laughs> into the camp, into the village, 
drank more ayahuasca to figure out how he was <laughs> supposed to do this. And then the ayahuasca showed him how to apply the uh, uh, Campbell medicine. It always amazes me that these stories, even behind the, how ayahuasca was created, yeah. it was just, it's like you ask these people and they say, yeah, as the plants told us, they directed us how to do all these things. Exactly. All, and, you know, that's hard to comprehend. But when you, when you sit and do ayahuasca, you understand that there's like an intelligence speaking with you. And it's like there's a, there's a real communication happening between you and, and the plant that you, that you ingested. Mm. So it does make sense. But from the outsider view, it's like, yeah, the plants told you, yeah, right. But it's literally what's happening. Literally <laughs> what happened. Uh, we thank Mother, Grandmother Ayahuasca for all her blessings and yeah. wisdom. So yeah, so yeah. Uh, the shaman drank the ayahuasca, the ayahuasca gave him the instruction manual, and then he healed his village. So wow. s- and since then, we say that um, this is a, a conscious exchange between the frog spirit and, and, and to, for humans to help us heal whatever, you know, normal, I guess, they, what, whichever normal ways you're trying to do, if that doesn't work, well, yeah. a lot of the time, Campbell might help. That's it. I, I heard it's like nature's vaccine. That's what someone told me. It's, it's, it kind of acts like... You know, it just expels everything that's not necessary. And then you, a lot of people report they feel like re- reborn afterwards. It is like <laughs> a big reset. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, yeah. it, it is not an easy uh, process, I would say. You know, it's very challenging because the effects are kind of intense. But um, it is a major boost. Think about it. It's like, you know, when your car battery is dead in winter here in Montreal, then you have to like boost it. <laughs> Well, that's exactly what it does to your system. Mm. <laughs> it's a outside help, but is is it like um, is it like a poison that gives you kind of this strong immune response, and then your body comes out stronger, or is there some some kind of like uh, direct medicinal effect or something like? Well, first we don't call it a poison because it doesn't kill nobody. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> first thing to to put out there. Um, is, is there a danger in manipulating the frog? Like if you just no. touch it? Or no. If you, the secretion goes into your finger, after a while, it might start to burn a little bit because it is quite potent. Even I, when I mix it, like I put a lot of water, if I do it a lot, I might have like, little, some little blisters. Mm. Oh, yeah. But it's like you won't die from it. Like, um, um, cool. So that's why we don't call it a poison in my field um, <laughs> because this is non-toxic in the sense that it wouldn't, it wouldn't kill a human, and nor would it kill like even animals. Like in the jungle, there's only one predator to this uh, frog, which is the serpent. And they say that what happens is the f- you know the, the serpent eats the frog. Literally, the frog has a Campbell experience, so he just starts vomiting, and then off he goes into his journey of frog. So <laughs> even <laughs> so, even the serpent doesn't die. Um, and there has been toxicology. It's a very peaceful defense. <laughs> yes. Yeah, please don't. Everyone lives after. <laughs> everyone gains wisdom. And who knows? Maybe this uh, serpent after that has you know alignment effects and then becomes a vegetarian. Like I mean, there's no reports about that, but <laughs> I'm sure he has a, yeah. a nice boost. Yeah. Um, that, that snake's just really strong. After yes, a super feel, snake. Feels good for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Um, so yeah, so the, there's been like toxicology reports done on people uh, after they're done cambo, and you know it has happened that people have died after cambo, and then so you know oh, really? in multiple countries they were wondering like, oh, is this the cambo? But actually, no, nobody dies from mm. the toxins or the secretions of the frog. There's nothing in the campo that can kill somebody. Now, what happened, most probably, like these people had 
pre-existing condition that they shouldn't have done CAMBO. Mm. Um, you know, when you do CAMBO, what happens? Like your blood pressure rises and then your blood pressure lowers. So if, oh, for wow. example, somebody that has heart issues would do CAMBO, then, you know, they probably, there's a possibility that, you know, maybe, you know, it wouldn't be good for them. Just like if you have a heart problems and you're here in Montreal and we go to the mountain, okay, you know, those stairs mm. from zero, like you have... 45 seconds to go and climb those stairs like run for your life yeah. mm. most likely this person might have a slight heart attack at the top like even yeah. i and i don't have heart problems yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. so that's the whole point so that's why there's a whole list of contraindications just like any substance basically in, on this planet everything has to be done in a certain order so if you don't have you're not contraindicated then this is a very safe practice so um everybody got, that comes to me you know you go through like you know a whole form that you have to fill mm. read all the contraindications signed and everything and talk to every person um but if you're you know green lit in a sense like you you're okay physically mentally and spiritually then this is a, uh, a safe practice done in in a certified you know professional of cambo um don't do this at home alone <laughs> uh <Yeah>. this <laughs> done in under the hands and the supervision and of guidance. a professional this yeah. is very safe yes well, it sounds like you need a lot of like physical information and you need to have like a kind of knowledge and of the process and, and the, the quality of your substance and everything. Like it's like, it's very mix. It is a mix of professional, like a mix of, uh, of skills and knowledge and everything. And then Absolutely. you said you have this coaching background as well. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of the, like the intentionality and, and what the person might be working through and talking mm -hmm. to them after. And we just talked about it also. I forgot what we called it, but like a debriefing sort of. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of like integrate and understand a little more mm -hmm. easily instead of just walking yeah. away. Like I did something. <laughs> yes. A lot of people feel like that. I think you know the set and setting can be good, but it kind of it continues after. Yes. You know they Absolutely. say like getting getting in and out of the yoga pose is part of the yoga pose. You know like so if you just kind of walk off like what the hell was that? <laughs> That's it's like someone at ceremony told me it's like uh, the second ceremony begins, and he was talking about life. Like leaving is the whole other process of integration. That's cool. and stuff. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, well put. <laughs> I mean, is life so is a ceremony. Yeah, it's just like we have peak experiences when we do those ceremonies, you know, under you know different substances. But life is a ceremony. We just go into a little cocoon for a few hours or a few minutes to get some insights, so we're able to manage and self master our, our own life, which is the whole point. Because yeah. um, you know. I know I've been doing, you know, Amazonian medicines and being this path for almost like seven years now. Um, but I've evolved into incorporating multiple things from all my, you know, my, my backgrounds that I have. But one of the, I guess, downside is some people just stay in that field for like over 20 years and still don't get the lesson. Um, mm. So intentionality in being aware of why you're doing something and also taking responsibility outside of ceremony is truly key. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a tough lesson sometimes, <laughs> you know, cause you, you know, you get sometimes tricked into the illusion that you do this and you feel good for a few weeks and you're, Oh, I got it. And then that wears off. And then all of a sudden you didn't, you didn't integrate what those lessons were telling mm -hmm. you to, to, to maybe something small is changing something in your life and you didn't change it. And you just fall back into those old pattern wheels that we're all operating on. You know, so that's a that's a tough one to realize sometimes. I think not a lot of people talk about it. I mean, uh, uh, when you're once you're in the circles, it's all you talk about. But yeah. but uh, 
from the outside, a lot of people will be like, oh, I had depression, I took ayahuasca, and it's gone now. And it's like, well, if that happened to you, good for you, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, that's not my experience at all. Mm-hmm. And it even caused a depression for me, you mm-hmm. know? And, and and it's it's half like, you know, not integrating properly, not knowing how to, not even not even understanding that I should, mm-hmm. you know? And it, there's there's... It's, you're in the care of people for for a time, and then you you have to go back to the second ceremony. To the, like you know, you have to walk the walk. You have to be out there and, yeah. and carry something. Hopefully that you've learned, uh, so that you can kind of see this new perception applied. You know, instead of just kind of like, oh, I take a. It's the it's the it's the modern uh, pharmacology vibe where I take a pill, I push a button, and everything's okay now. Yeah. That's, that hardly ever is true or, or works. And if it does last, it's acute and it vanishes as fast as it came. You know, like it's, 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 um, what's the word? It's like a, it's almost disingenuous, you know, it's like there's a lot of hot air all of a sudden and you, you think you're good and, and it, it's, it's, it's the, the substantial part of it is what's substantial to anything in life is where you put in the work, where you put in the attention, where you actually integrate, where you think mm-hmm. about it. It's not just something being done to you. Mm-hmm. It's not just environment. It's like you you use it to inform you and then shape your continuing environment in a way that you, that's more conscious. And that's complicated. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I take a frog poison and I vomit and it's like, no, man. <laughs> yeah. It's so much more. It's and so... It's endless, really. But Integration I, is like 50% of the work. It's yeah. truly 50% of the work. Because yeah. you can have all the peak experiences and all the afterglow on the planet. Like, oh, I feel amazing. Like, oh, I feel enlightened. Like, we all went there. Like, you took <laughs> nice medicine and they're like, oh, my God, I'm cured of everything. <laughs> but everything that goes up comes Come down up. eventually. Uh, but what those substances offer you is truly like a support energetic support but also physical support for you to have you know at least for a couple of weeks have that clarity to see what you need to change and take actions and make your plan and and implement it because you can plan all you want but truly like your personal power in life is you know doing it (laughs) (laughs) and also you know if we take it even further the real difficulty is um or the the dark side of our ego let's call it like that all those like limiting beliefs are are there and basically like the your ego wants to keep you safe and in control and everything doesn't want you to get out of like that comfort zone so it's that is like you know the big big process is you taking a new identity and you you know um, actually going for for the change Mm. yeah that's a good way of putting it because it's like it's almost like you have an internal enemy. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't want to demonize the ego too much, but there really is this like need for stagnation mm-hmm. with the ego because it's just this biological, like this cellular idea of keep things the same, don't don't change, and then it translates into so much weird stuff about like when it's when it when it kind of trickles upwards into your like higher minded functions, mm-hmm. and then and and limiting beliefs are like a huge part of my life right now. Just mm-hmm. looking at them and seeing what they are and if you can go into a, a ceremony or like a medicine experience, anything really, and think, how can this help me? Maybe that's a flimsy, you'll see after, you'll see as you go, it'll, it might evolve, but to think, how will I stop myself? What is gonna, what is the real stick in the spokes? Mm-hmm. It's not gonna be an event. It's like, this is a spiritual thing. This is an internal war or an internal understanding, an internal, um, what's a better thing than war? 
<laughs> it's your process. It's your human journey. You yeah. know, it's your hero's journey. Like we yeah. go out and then we find the medicine and we come back with the wisdom. So yeah, that's it's literally. But it, it is a circle in that sense. Like you know where the trip ups are going to be almost. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe maybe you don't know exactly what they look like, but like you're going into the dragon's cave. You're expecting to see a dragon. Maybe you don't know about the color of the dragon or the size of the dragon, but you're like, okay, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> How can I yeah. mitigate this or or. And, and it's weird. I know it's not that simple because sometimes it's just this kind of acceptance f- practice or, or something. It's folded up. You know, it's complicated. It's like origami. You pull one thing and it messes up something else. If you <laughs> folded something wrong like 10 folds ago, it looks weird now. Like yeah. it's, a, it's a funny thing, but it's, I find it interesting because I, I, I used to avoid that thought process maybe mm-hmm. with anything. Like I said, not just like uh, plant medicines, but th- this idea that like I'm kind of my own worst enemy. Mm. and I'm really, my limiting beliefs, my, the things I'm perpetuating, maybe unconsciously or maybe out of fear, out of some kind of ego, maybe, I, maybe I'm proud of some of these things. You know, like I could, I could call myself realistic or, or grounded, but I'm actually pessimistic. I'm actually just like fear-driven. You know, that you, you, you have to mess with your labels and see like, oh, it, it, it can be this or it can be that. And limiting beliefs are huge because it is the, your beliefs are, are what drive you. Mm-hmm. They what they're what stop you and what start you, and if it's a limiting belief, it's like it's worse than stop because it's like you it starts you but it keeps you in a bubble, mm-hmm. and you think you're you're getting the job done but you're you're in a snow globe, you know like you're in this perimeter that is artificial. You can really just step the fuck out of it, but you can't. You won't. You know, it's, uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of ranting now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Interesting. This could turn into a coaching session. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me, please. Tell me. Um, well, one of the things that I heard is that um, you said that, um, I forgot it, but there was a, a key word. Uh, I usually write. When, when I sh- yeah, that I've been journaling writer. now too. That's I helping write, me a lot. While I listen to my clients, I really I write everything because I know like my memory. I'm so into the the moment that mm. I just forget whatever you said five seconds ago. But it's really about to have. I'm all about like my sole mission is to bring people from fear to empowerment to freedom. And the first thing is really you cannot look towards your ego as an enemy. I think that's the word that you use because if you you identify it as an enemy, then there's automatically like a resistance. So ideally, you could give it a name, but it's best to either be friends with it or mm. see it as, you know, something in a work in progress. Because again, the ego just wants to protect you mm-hmm. and give you the illusion that you have control mm. or keep the control that it has on you. So if you see it in, in a better perspective, um, or more positive, it gives it also, in a sense, less power over you. Mm. Because at the end of the day, you know, beep, beep. Oh, not me. Uh, <laughs> my phone. See, yeah. the universe agrees. <laughs> um, it's, it's really, what do you identify as? Like, do you identify as your ego? Do you identify as your mind? Do you, that's the, that's do you the identify problem, yeah. as the awareness behind everything? That's my, that's, I think that's the Achilles heel. You know, like you can... From the observer perspective, you're going to be a lot friendlier towards your ego Amen. because you understand it's a part of you. It's a huge part of you. It's like your sun sign in, in astrology. It's like this thing that you you show to everybody that you that that shows everything to to back to the observer. It's like this in between from your inner and outer worlds. Like mm-hmm. it's really powerful and really strong. And I'm just kind. I just kind of see it as like a dog. 
that's like a, a companion, but can't, like I, I have to train it. I have to train it, you know, but it's a dog that I see life through. Like the analogy fails. It's like a, it's a, it's a filter for things mm -hmm. and, and, for, and, and I use it as a filter for myself to the outside world. So it gets really squirrely. Mm. And so the dog analogy, and, and maybe dog is like kind of lowly as well, you know, like, but maybe not for most people. If you own it, we all own dogs. Like we love our animals. I like love my yeah, dog. So yeah. I, I don't, <laughs> I think that, yeah. I, sorry, Lily. <laughs> she doesn't care. She's sleeping. <laughs> I think um, there's a reflex to call it the enemy. But I even caught myself when I mm -hmm. said it. I was like, oh, no, that's not what it is. But I, I definitely feel that way sometimes. And it's, it's, it's going to cause resistance, which causes ignorance. Mm -hmm. and then I'm hiding from parts of myself, and then the, that shadow is getting bigger instead of smaller. Exactly. I would add to what Angie said and say that the ego is not an enemy. It actually just, it's like your ally that cares too much. And yeah. it's, it's literally just holding you back from everything because it's, like so <laughs> it's so afraid. Yeah. Yeah. It's fear-driven. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. But yeah. It's, it's so important too because it does protect you from things. It, it has its value, but it doesn't control your entire life. And when you realize that, but not from a, an angry perspective of, you're the enemy, you're in control. It's more like, oh, you care too much. Maybe let's tone that down. Let's let's observe why you care too much. Mm. And come from that kind of approach, it's going to be a way more positive outcome than turning it into an enemy that you have to constantly fight, you know? Yeah, like it's exhausting. Yeah. And it, it it wraps itself into like yeah, But uh, it's going to win that fight, though. That's the problem. <laughs> it's going to embed behind your anger towards it. That's it. That's <laughs> fucking smart. What but you here's said. the thing. If you treat, like, you treat your dog, you know, like... When I used to uh, like uh, begin my dog relationship, I had I've had her for like ten years. I used to watch to um, what's his name uh, uh, Caesar Dog Whisperer. Yeah, yeah. Caesar yeah. Milan. He has a very like domineering type of way of treating dogs and like you know to train them. But now there's a whole uh, way of training dogs. It's actually quite opposite. It's more like conscious, a more gentle way of doing mm. things. So. I feel like if you see it as an enemy, you become like a very domineering type of like, you know, energy towards it where I feel like we need to treat it like we're more softness and love. Mm. And when that happens, your ego just softens. Mm. And you realize what's under your ego. It's all that fear. And what your ego really needs is really gentleness, caring, <laughs> compassion, love. And, yeah. you know, like they say, you... Uh, attract more bees with honey than vinegar so how are you <laughs> going to make friends with your ego if you treat it badly and shame it it's yeah. like shame is like the lowest energy on this planet it really is yeah is and the you then you start to analyze your ego like what's the fear behind it and then you can treat that in a sense you know you can give it you know release those patterns you release those charges from childhood uh, you know name it um Hence, you know, the usage of these beautiful medicines that help you to see beyond your ego. I look and at them like flashlights sometimes yep. in dark corners. Just, oh, oh, there you are. And then you just work through it. And it. Sometimes you can work through it like within seconds. Sometimes it's a big process, but it's just a flashlight going everywhere, you know. Mm -hmm. And the ego doesn't like that. Well, it, it, ru it runs out of places to hide when there's the whole room is lit up, you know? That's it. That's that's it I think starts that's off as a flashlight. It, oh, you're going there, you're there, and then the lights just turn on. And that's the power of those medicines, you know? Mm. At least for me, when I go for a ceremony, that's the kind of feel I get. And I just surrender to observing whatever is hiding, you know? And the ego is very... I mean, I feel the ego is our subconscious mind anyway, so it's very programmable. Like, mm. I work with hypnosis, with psyche also, to rewire the subconscious mind, so... Once you know how to work with the ego, then you, 
it starts to get fun because it's like, oh, it's not that complicated. So, you know, you mm. g- you release the fear, you release the, like the charged emotions and then you give it like a good programming and it absorbs it. And then that dog becomes <laughs> a really <laughs> nice, cute dog. <laughs> it will go out and start yapping, you know, because it gets flares it's up. Still right a dog, now. Yeah. But <laughs> after a while, it becomes a very docile dog. I'm like, oh, look, <laughs> we can go and walk now, you know, <laughs> on a leash. And then once in a while, that dog will... Burr, 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 again i mean i have a pomeranian so they're very yappy (laughs) (laughs) but um but you know after a while you you understand how you know the mechanics of your own you know ego and they're like okay i think you need a little bit more of this oh and then you become friends and after a while it's like it becomes you know a fun game a nice tango game uh, or dance i would say with it yeah i guess it's always gonna be a fear-based thing so the dance never ends in a sense. You're just you're just getting better and better at identifying like which are the real fears, you know, like crossing the street here on Descari, <laughs> if there's yeah. a lot of traffic, you know, that fear <laughs> is useful. Yeah. But it's really the fun part is discovering where are the false fears that are just mm-hmm. like, you know, anchored in limiting thoughts or limiting stories or limiting beliefs. Um, why, is it, why would you describe that as fun? Like, is the process fun to you as the... As for the, me, it's yeah. absolutely fun. It's like finding like weird, you know, things into <laughs> a basket and I love cleansing it. You know? <laughs> Every time I knew one, oh, look at that, limiting belief, oh, cool. Then you change it, boop, flush it, burn it, whatever you want to do. And then after that, you end up with a really nice like basket of flowers. <laughs> At the end of the day, that's what we're here for, you know, to really increase our vibration, be happy, feel free, and then do and ma- materialize our dreams. At least that's my, you know, my, my view Me of things. Now, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so it's much a, easier to do that from a, that place. It's a yeah. playful approach because yeah. in the end of the day, this, as serious as we think this, this life is, it's a, it's a giant, it's not a giant game, but it's, it's a fun experience. Well, it's, a, it's a game of games. It's, yeah. a, mm-hmm. you know? it's a trip. So you might as well <laughs> at least dealing with your internal ego and everything, make it as yeah. fun as possible and just look at it that, and organize the basket into a beautiful bouquet. Yeah, Anything and, can and be fun. Sure. The colors, you know, decoration, <laughs> whichever, you know, whoever you want to flow, but, you know, and then, oh, a little, another thing. Look what I found here. Hmm, okay, let me look at that. And then, y- It's almost like you're just curious and fascinated Ab- about it. The observer effect. Yeah. I, I, I find mm. I find a kind of ego-driven fun about it, which is um, I can look at these fears now, and like you said, like which ones are merited, let's say, which ones are kind of important, and mm. then kind of suck the energy out of them, and it's more intellectual. It's like, okay, this is a good fear. I'll keep this around, mm. or I'll let it guide my actions, but I don't have to feel the fear anymore mm. as much, let's say. And then the other stuff where it's like these are unfounded, phobic kind of like high energy fears that are attached to limiting beliefs and like mm-hmm. tra- past traumas or something. And once you identify, once I identify those, I go, oh, I'm not actually afraid. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, even though I feel the fear, I can just walk into the fire. That's the fun for me is like this, this, this still from the ego perspective a little bit, mm-hmm. but just this kind of like conscious release where it's like, I don't feel the release, but I know I can get it. Mm-hmm. I know that the fire won't burn in a sense. And that's and the power when, when those darker things, let's say, call them, you know, those shadow aspects of ourselves don't have power over you. That's when you have the, your yes. freedom. I like that that's they're the called shadow too because you just have to put a flashlight on it. The yeah. flashlight. Exactly. And there's not liber- much more to That do. can really liberate you from a shit ton of misery and suffering is just being aware of those shadow mechanisms that you've been operating on. You know, and there's there's the fears that you need not to cross to carry on the fucking red light on the busiest side, <laughs> you know. But 
there's so much fears that are just not needed mm. and we're just operating on it. You know? Automatically because, you know, we've been programmed from our childhood, from society, from our culture, you know, yeah. from the stuff that we watch on the internet. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, during ceremony, I had a realization. It was like, you get all these downloads and sometimes you remember them, sometimes it was just in the moment. Mm. And it was like, fear is the currency of control. That's what kept repeating in my head. Mm -hmm. And the more afraid you are, the easier controllable you'll be in your own self, with your ego, and with the control of the powers that be. So once you release yourselves of those illogical fears that we're talking about and not the real physical fears, there's so much liberation there. You know? That is so true. I yeah. can tie so much to that. I won't there because I'll <laughs> rant. But like, like you're talking about beta versus alpha, like in terms of brainwave states, you know, mm -hmm. like if you're in beta, you're driving, you're caring so much about the environment. And again, it's like a healthy fear. You don't want to smash into something or kill somebody or kill yourself or your passengers. Like this is a high energy instance. And what you want to do is push your push your ego to the forefront sort of and be aware and be like afraid of how you're acting vis-a-vis -vis the people around you and kind of want to match them and mirror them and make sure everything is going in like a kind of ant formation and that is not that you're flustered that is not a decision making environment that is a appeal to authority mm -hmm. that is a brainwave state that is an entire appeal to authority whereas if you're an alpha you're present exactly yes. and that frontal lobe you're is breathing. shining and activated there's so much blood there and then you're, you're breathing just, observing pausing you know and, and oddly enough you're not flustered and you make a better decision faster Yes. Whereas when you want to make a better decision faster, you can't. Because <laughs> you're in fight and flight, yeah. which is the whole point of, you know, why there's a lot of stuff happening on this planet right now that put a lot of people into yeah. fight or flight, thinking yeah. there is an enemy, a real one, apparently. Let's talk about that. <laughs> 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 Trauma is interesting. And, and like everyone just got like quarantined, like uh, isolation like is, is terrible for your health. And it is. It is. It's the worse for your immune system actually yeah i gotta say there's some people that the fear is so embedded in them right now that they're just on complete uh flight reaction and you see it manifest where there'll be someone driving their car alone in their car but they're wearing a, a mask and i have to point <laughs> that out because i can't stop laughing when that I does see bother that. me i really I've don't seen understand those memes. I, I yeah. but i see it a meme in real life and i'm <laughs> freaking out because that there is no logic in any approach to that some comedian had a great quote. I think I forgot which one it was, but he said it, having a mask on alone is like lying in bed with a condom waiting to have sex and no one's there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're literally the one that, that I really like is um, is like now that the pandemia is is gone. Now people are wearing masks. It's like we're w putting a condom <laughs> at the like <laughs> when the baby's birth. <laughs> <laughs> Like, little too late, like dude. That. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's theater. There's a lot of theater when it comes to security. And, and, and then a lot of the emotions even are like a, a, like a tale of that. You know, I, I noticed like us being more conspiratorially minded and worrying about like what's be behind the motivations and other people kind of trusting the experts and mm -hmm. the, 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 you know, boob tube news and the government and stuff. All of these are knee-jerk reactions because we're all in fight or flight. Mm -hmm. I'm just a conspiratorially minded person, so that's what I'm going to do in these instances. I've realized this today. <laughs> and just like, oh, we're all afraid and we're all just like sinking we're, back to, uh, to what we know. Yeah. Uh, David Goggins, he says, you don't rise to your, like, to your best, you sink to your training. Mm. Like you don't rise to your potential in mm. crazy moments. You sink to your, to your training, to your, like, what have you... Your default mode. Yeah, mm -hmm. what have you cultivated? You know, and a lot of times it's it's trauma, fear, and uh, it's, it's a nice quote. 
I like that. Dude, that book's changing my life. <laughs> What's the name of the book? Uh, can't Kill Me or Can't Stop. I actually don't even know. <laughs> can't Stop Me, something Jack, like that? I think it's Can't Stop Me. It, David Goggins, he's like a Navy SEAL, mm. ultra marathon runner. He's just, his, all his videos are just like insane motivation. Can't mm. hurt me. Can't hurt me. Can't hurt me. The guy's crazy. He's running like 200 kilometer runs. Like and just screaming on camera. Yeah, he's a super fucking do it. <laughs> wow. Really but the book yeah. is interesting because he he systematically removes limiting beliefs mm-hmm. by using his story. So there's a there's this self help thing to it. It's that kind of book, but it's very much a real story. And the audiobook is incredible because he is your dog snoring. <laughs> That's adorable. I'll give it a little kick. He's he's with the that. reader. So he's not the one reading the audiobook out loud, but he's like friends with this person and he's sitting there and then they'll stop randomly and he'll start interviewing David Goggins. So it's like a podcast. It's like half a podcast, half a book. And, uh, and I love that it's a story because you have an example of an individual who is like, who had every reason and every excuse and just like a mix of luck and then a lot of hard work and a lot of like overthinking of like, how do I mitigate myself how do i not become my own worst enemy and it just skyrocketed just one thing after the other this guy just surprised himself and had tricks that he's sharing that may or may not work for you like all that jazz but a lot of interesting and powerful ways of thinking that you just get like it's like it's like a vibration you know i just i'm it's rubbing off on me like this guy i think i think i think that's his job like he coaches people and he'll like live with you for months and just like teach you to be a badass i mean Mm -hmm. among other things that he's doing yeah but he he robs you of motivation he tells you i know you're going to read this book and you're going to feel like getting up that's going to go away you know like you need all this other stuff that i'm talking about and he even has challenges throughout the book it's a very interactive experience and anyway i could talk about it forever but it's i strongly recommend it it's one of those books where everyone's like yeah i've changed my life i recommend it this is one this is really like a, a strong one Mm. I've tr- I've read I've a lot of those books. Few people, yeah, dude, it's great. Wow, like I, I I ran for an hour the other day. I've never done that in my life. Before that, I like some sometimes I'm working out and I'll do like twenty or thirty or fifty reps of something, and then I'll say do another fifty. Like I've never thought that way before. Mm. But this guy has pushed his body so much <laughs> that I my limiting beliefs have fallen off a little bit. They're damaged because I realize I don't know what my body is capable of. And he says. You don't know what your body's capable of because your mind is weak. You, th- that's the limiting belief factor. And for him, it's, it's all about callousing the mind. So he just smashes his limiting belief. As soon as he smells that, mm. he, he, he starts chiseling at it. If not, like, smashing into it with a freaking Humvee. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think 90% of the, of the work is really mindset work. Big time, yeah. Whatever you believe, you can achieve. Yeah. That's one of my beliefs. So whatever you put your mind into, you can achieve. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, there is like, you know, s- s- let's say like you're 5'1", and then, you know, there's a possibility you might not grow five inches all of a sudden <laughs> after a certain age. Like, you know, let's be logic. But yeah, we consciousness is unlimited and we are consciousness. So when that's your first rule, then you know that anything's possible on this planet. That's, uh, I gotta remember that one. Do you meditate a lot? That's that's. I try to meditate every day. <laughs> I try. <laughs> now it doesn't happen every day, but I I do try to. Actually, no, I am committed to doing like at least at least one minute of mindfulness every day. 
one minute. That's really micro. That's a beautiful number. That's the minimum. But every day is the, we yeah. talk about it a lot, like consistency over yeah. intensity. I, I, I feel like I'm trying to reach for something when I practice, but honestly, the, the, the ability to do like 30 minutes morning and night kind of thing, like it, it, and then in your, if you're hard on yourself about it when you don't do it, like it becomes this Ouroboros of fucking shame and suffering and, yep. and not completing your task. Mm -hmm. But there was this time in my life when I would just meditate and I, I, I modeled it after cats. I don't know if you ever owned a cat, but like they'll just close their eyes randomly mm -hmm. and they're not sleeping, but they're just like chilling. And then like you make a noise and they open their eyes and they look because they're like danger. What's going on? And then they won't even move their head again. They'll just close their eyes again. And I just, I look at a cat, I observe my animals at home and I'm literally seeing them jump in and out of, of fight or flight. Mm -hmm. Like it's so easy for them. They're going to sit and purr and be in this like meditative uh, healing vibration. And then suddenly they're going to like jump 10 feet because you scare them and their hair goes up and they run away. And it's like that, that this is the magic and mystery of a cat is that they just can boom parasympathetic whenever the fuck they feel like it they just sit down they do that little loaf of bread thing <laughs> they like curl their hands in and it's like so adorable and they'll just close and then just and then and they're later they're going to kill something yeah they're little yeah. murderers yeah. and they're the chillaxed they're the most chilled like animal on the planet like i picture a turtle like these things that look slow like a sloth they're freaking out on the inside that's my theory <laughs> they're in fight or flight but they just can't do anything about it it's funny you say that because <laughs> What do you say? Next I was time you see a sloth or something, you're gonna laugh. You're gonna think. Well, of I was me. in a park with my friend, and, uh, and we saw a rabbit jump by. I'm like, that fucking rabbit is literally living the the biggest horror movie of his life. There's monsters in the trees waiting to kill him, and he's just fucking freaking out, going. And and, and yet that's his that's his baseline. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe he's in parasympathetic. He's just doing doing doing. You know, like that. Jeez, that's true. Poor thing. It's not gonna live long though. Uh, that's. Yeah. You know what? Uh, prey animals maybe are just more like excited and more nervous. Like as soon as you see an animal that has like a squirrel, like sort of like side eyes, mm -hmm. like a like a horse also, like they're just meat. They're just food for something else. So they evolved to see more like 180. Monocular vision, right? It's uh, I don't know the yeah, term. Binocular like, is the predator. That's seeing it, forward. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So what are humans? Yeah, we're Because we, yeah. I mean, a lot of us, depending on the time of the year, act like preys. Instead of, you know, we're the predators hunters. being treated like prey. We're being convinced we're prey. Yeah, like mm. we're you know? social monkeys. There's no alpha, but we act like there is. There's no, we're not prey, but we act like we like prey. Like I noticed something recently. Like I love that you brought that up. That just activated this whole thing <laughs> that I realized recently. I'm sitting down sometimes and it's like half of my brain goes, let's go swimming. It's going to be awesome. I want to. Another half of my brain just goes like, I don't want to. Like, like, even though. Everything inside of me is saying, well, I guess half of everything inside of me is saying, like, I want to experience the water, cold or hot. I love swimming, and it's hot lately. It's beautiful temperature, and, and it's so good for the, the bones and the joints and the, and the muscles, and I love it. I fucking talk for an hour, just waste all our time about fucking <laughs> swimming. But part of me was like, I don't want to do that thing that, that I love. So I just sat there, and I went, wait a second, what? For the first time in my life, I went, wait, why? What's going on here? Yeah. And it kind of just answered me like, I don't know, I don't, that's, this is what we do. And I <laughs> and like I was standing and I could see like my computer chair on the right and like my, my swim trunks on the left. And I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> like I'm just acting like that so often that I think that's what I want to do now. And it scared the crap out of me. 
I just realized I was cultivating a horse brain yeah. or squirrel brain or whatever. Like just sit. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you want to sit. So my body starts going, oh, we want to do this. We like this. It's like you're, you're doubling down on your mistake. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, want, I planned this. I want to be a lazy fat ass. I want to sit on the fucking <laughs> well, thing. The fact that now you're realizing more and more is like your superpower. I, I tell my clients like awareness is a superpower. Like mm. it's the first step of everything. It's that interrupter. Yeah. And, and the more you interrupt, the more you're free. So give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah, Yeah, no more horsey. (laughs) Now you're like... Fuck you, horse brain. (laughs) Whichever animal you like to impersonate. I don't know why I picture a horse. They don't even seem like prey to me. They're they're so majestic and powerful, but they got the fucking side eyes, bro. Like, (laughs) it's just the way it is. Horse brain doesn't sound... It sounds like a food. I don't know, horse brain. Sounds delicious. (laughs) (laughs) I love horses. vegan. (laughs) Uh, I love love horses. <laughs> Who doesn't? If but you ever met a horse or something? That's what she was talking about is unprogramming and now reprogramming new thought patterns. And now that buffer system of, of cutting those thought processes, and now you're retraining a new thought process and you're gonna listen to that voice more and more faster mm. and faster the more you catch it. That's you know? that step two, that's that integration part that yeah. is that conscious push and that we that that's that's what David Goggins is giving me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it's also identify. taking the decision, like making the decision. You don't want to go back to the old pattern mm. and then breaking yeah. that pattern. And the breaking of pattern is actually, you know, the, the work. That's the real work. That's it. Like that. That's something I, I have to kind of still grow up in that sense. And I'm not hard on myself about it. I, I've come a long way, but there's the choice. And then it's kind of like a value that you hold. And you understand that you would make that choice. But then you have to realize that you have to keep consciously making that choice every second of every day for the rest of your God fucking blessed <laughs> existence. <laughs> you know, like it's it's um, it's a maturity thing. Like I said at the beginning, it's a maturity thing. If, like I wish I could just kind of take the pill, even if it's an internal work and you face your demons and all this stuff, you got to keep doing that. There's this quote. But I've if said, it was too easy, was we wouldn't be here for like 120 years or something. That's like a good we, point. we will play the boring. game of life and yeah. get it like in like in two minutes and it will be done. I never thought of it that way. Like <laughs> the, I always say the medium is the message. Hmm. And that applies to life. Yeah. Like there's a speed at which things happen. Like I am a monkey guy. I am a human being. This is the message. And that's this, the, that's the, way the f- this that's goes. The, those choices are the fun parts, you know? Yeah. Well, they can be. Or yeah. they can stress you out. <laughs> but then getting out of that, even though it doesn't feel fun at first, it, and you can start picking the, the weird parasites out of the, the plant and being like, that's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's almost, I almost laugh sometimes when I have that, that modality. It's like, you could be looking at yourself or another person, but you just go like, oh, look, that's a big one. You know, like that, <laughs> Ooh, fasc- look at that one. That's Let's it. You dissect like a, it. Like boogers. You're just like, whoa, exactly. I got a huge one. Yeah. Pick me a winner. <laughs> that's the humility <laughs> in it too, right? Yeah. It's just having that, that, not that it's not serious, but just enjoying like as a, as a cre- treating it as a game. Creating, yeah. keeping the humility with it and laughing at yourself constantly it's too. It's a pleasant humility. I think when I think of humility, it's kind of like a defeating. It's a, it's a sa- it's a somber thing, you know, instead of humility, like hu- this is a, this is a, I never talked about humility that way. Hmm. Usually it's like, it's like you have been defeated. You have lost. You were wrong. Now you have been humbled. You are, you are no. humiliated. Hu- humility. Mm, there's a big difference though between humbleness and humiliate somebody. Humbleness is actually a power within yourself that, you know like you don't know anything really truly and then you're humble 
Um, but yeah, no. That's a positive thing. It's, then it's now a, you're a very po- It's actually open. one of the biggest virtues that you can have on this planet. You know, yeah. that's how you recognize the masters. You know, it's the cocky ones that you know they're still in being a slave to their own ego. Mm. Yeah, it's actually like one of the highest things that you can embody is, is being humbled. That was one of my students. earliest. But r- it's weird how the language put something as beautiful as humbleness and actually treated like you know you've been humbled. So it's it's yeah, funny it's how like that happened. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly that, and that's yeah. a shame. Uh, that's a backdoor to shame. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's interesting. I'm gonna listen to this podcast as soon as we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot to learn here. <laughs> that was one thing I was blessed about is uh, doing martial arts. It was like you were humbled, but not in a shameful way. It was just like getting your ass kicked every day. Eventually, you're just gonna get tired of getting your ass kicked, and that's where the humbleness comes in. You know, you're sometimes for some people it takes six months of ego getting beaten. Mm. Some people within a week they're already asking the question, okay, how do I improve? Mm-hmm. So, having that as like a cheat sheet into life now, I can you know, I can apply that formula to whatever I do because of that process of martial arts, which is constantly being humbled, realizing you're not what you think you are, and that you have to improve and grow from those from where you think you are to where you want to be. You know. Yeah, I, and if you don't have it, you're going to create it, and that's where that self-defeating, uh, limiting yeah. belief thing comes because it's not healthy. If it's exterior, then you're coming up against real beliefs. Yeah, it's and uh, real limits, I should say, and and I guess you're bu- building better, more realistic beliefs. But your 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 internal limiting beliefs are, I don't want to say artificial limits, but they're they're self-imposed, whether you realize it or not. And and that's interesting to say. Like maybe I didn't have enough of those in my life, mm. and then I started giving them to myself because there was a kind of natural stagnation and a kind of like a very direct like hey look where you are look where you could have been look where you're not look at other people look at peers i know comparison is a is a a trap big no no yeah and yet you know we're social beings and and we can't ignore it either but i guess it's a part of the ego to be observed you know to to compare in a healthy way i want to know like satsang like uh, in yoga like we Mm -hmm. you, you talk to people and you, chow- you you allow your ideas to float external so that people can go, hey, that's weird, bro. Why do you think that? And maybe they're picking out from, from the plants for you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can't for you, but they'll be like, hey, bro, what's that? You <laughs> got to pick that out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But he says something really that I wish everybody knew. is, And truly, I remember, you've seen those memes on Facebook where like there's a little dude on the floor and there's he has a boot on his oh, yeah. head. And then like, <laughs> you know, before plant medicine, you just see the face after plant medicine, you realize you're doing it to yourself. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what happens. Like when you realize that you've been acquiring, absorbing all those beliefs your whole life. Well, oftentimes after that, you're like, shit, fuck, it's all my responsibility (laughs) but after a while you're like well then the fun part begins because like well hey if i you know anchored it then i can also remove it and yeah consciously create your new reality and the new beliefs that you want to do that's the empowerment consciously absolutely now you have the keys to the car you know you're not just driving anymore you can decide what's coming in what's going out putting ac when it's hot (laughs) you're not a passenger maybe from the outside from from the wider perspective that might feel overwhelming, but it's actually empowering is the word to have because it's fuck. Yeah. You have the control now, you know, it's, I prefer the word command though. Command be in the command. Yeah. Cause control is also illusionary. Mm. You know, That's it's true. one of the tricks of the ego. We, you, we don't control nothing, words. but we could I be like in the, the command, yes. you know, on the, having the steering wheel command, the command of your life, 
That is a better, your thoughts. Yeah, it is a better control. Word. Like There's you can't no even control your breath. <laughs> Barely. Barely. Yeah. Four minutes. What's the maximum record? Uh, uh, I think it's seven minutes. Something. Some dude there. went. Yeah. <laughs> something. What, holding your breath. Holding your breath. Oh, there's. It might be about nine or ten minutes. Now. Nine, ten. Wow. I think, I think it's going up. There's in the twelves and stuff. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But they do like crazy techniques and a lot of conditioning. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. But yeah. anyway, you're right. Like you can't. Barely. Let's say twelve minutes. Yeah, that's it. Like you're you're. You're not okay after those 12 minutes. No, either. no, no. You know, like I mean, my maximum, I mean, I've tried, you know, Wim Huffing. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like two minutes and a half, three minutes, but I'm not, I haven't done it like every day, but yeah. I'd like to improve that number. But 12 minutes, wow, I'm impressed. That's insane. <laughs> That's crazy. I thought I was doing great with two minutes and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Can't compare. That's the True. <laughs> See? <Yeah>. Awareness. <laughs> We're getting there. Yes. Together. That's the beauty of being human. We fall down these little ego trips over and over again. Mm. Yeah. But I love, a, like a lot of people that I talk to, I guess because my interests are bringing me into circles like this, and a lot of people we have on the podcast are careful about how they speak. Mm-hmm. And I like that because just that little change, command and control, like semantics are very powerful, especially very in powerful. my life, but in everybody's mind, like whether we realize it or not. And and control is that I am controlling the outcome. Mm-hmm. And con- command is that I am I am directing the ship in a sense. I don't exactly. know the weather. I don't know, like my crew might have their own ideas. Mm. You know, like it's it feels like you're the captain. You have a lot of decision making, but a lot of that is based on your environment, what's, on, what's actually happening. You're not the god of, of everything. You're just, you're of God and you're the Lord, let's say, of your life. But... You know, you can't even like you, you even can't control the weather. You, like you said, you can't control anything, but you could be in command. You can be resilient. You can find you know answers, solutions to whatever is in your ship path. Mm-hmm. But but most importantly, like you, you said it, we are the cause and not the effect of our lives. Though, so once you take the command, then you always take responsibility for being the cause. And the words are very, very powerful. Like in all religions, you know, you, you do prayers. Um, if you're Wiccan, you'll do spells. But the truth is, like, we do command a reality with our words. So the words are really, really important um, and definitely have a ripple effect mm-hmm. into, you know, the laws of the universe, basically. You work with hypnosis, so you know about neurolinguistic programming and yeah. stuff like that. Do you use affirmations in your Absolutely. life or in, for treating other people and stuff? Absolutely. I, I feel like I, I can't use that stuff right. I'd love some pointers or something. <laughs> yes, well, um, a belief is created with repetition. I mean, there's many ways, you know. So you can have a belief created during like a heightened experience. So, you know, either by trauma or a positive experience, like a, an ecstatic experience. Then you anchor an affirmation, which becomes a belief that's anchored into your body. Um, repetition. So, you know, they even say that you only need to hear something seven times until it's, it starts to get like anchored into your subconscious mind. And I believe the the data is something like 35,000 times. If you hear something 35,000 times, it becomes like an anchored belief, like 100%. 35,000? Yes. That's so many times. That's a lot. (laughs) It can happen quick, though. I get, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. considering how quickly and unconsciously we speak to ourselves. Yes. In our Think of how many times, just for just to throwing one word out, like we can all relate to COVID, of how many times you hear that word. It's probably in those numbers, you know? Yeah. Even more so for the people that are they're glued to their television. So. With their face masks in their car. <laughs> or, or working at a hospital yeah. or who knows yeah. what. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
So yeah, so repetition is really important. Um, the emotion behind it is really important. Um, but so if you use affirmations, you're going to program your subconscious mind through the repetition. Now, if you use affirmations under a hypnotic state or a meditative state, which is the same, basically, you know, when you go down to your brain waves, you know, from beta to alpha to theta, it's the same process. It's just a meditation where there to be, become the observer as possible, you know, as much as possible, where in hypnosis or in guided meditation, which is basically hypnosis, then we have a goal of anchoring beliefs into your subconscious mind. Now, the one thing that people should know is like, you know, under hypnosis, you can only anchor a belief is, is actually in resonance with you. So, you know, just putting out there that you cannot force somebody to believe something. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people have um, a fear that a fear or a full dismissal. Also, yeah. like hypnosis doesn't exist or it's like, oh, I don't want to like crack my brain open to someone. It's like I can I can trick you to feel drunk or to bite your shoe because you think it's a steak or some stupid like stage hypnosis. But I can't make you punch yourself in the face because mm. you wouldn't do that. Yeah. You know, like the person's eyes are closed and they're listening to you. So there is a lot of charge and a lot of like control, if you will. Mm. But there is a lot of limits just because the person is still like aware in a, in a, mm -hmm. on a level, on a certain level. Because we say that all hypnosis is basically self-hypnosis. Nice. So, yes. and truly we go in and out of hypno a hypnotic state all day, every day. Like it's, it's our natural way of being like right now we're just chilling, relaxing. We probably went in and out of a hypnotic state multiple times. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, when we're driving, there's a lot of stimulation. We're in beta, but you know, it doesn't take much for us to relax and enter like a light alpha. So that's why Netflixing and watching TV relaxing is kind of like a dangerous thing to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was telling him before because after ceremony I came back, I'm like, yeah, I'm canceling my TV. I'm, I'm getting rid of this television. Yeah. And just because I realized all those patterns of just like tuning out in a hypnotic state, but watching a television is just, yeah. you know, just absorbing all those whatever's going on. Choose wisely what you usually lock just, into. Usually it's just the office on repeat, but. Oh. <laughs> Especially TV because it's yeah. like. Um, visual is like the takes up most of your brain so yeah. so you, like there's Just a lot empty. of resources yeah like and it's easy to i mean i don't want to use the word hypnosis like for me hypnosis and focus are are kind of interchangeable the way we jump in and out of different levels of focus and, and like guided meditation yoga nidra hypno like a like a like a guided hypnotherapy you're kind of just turning the focus in on itself so this person is in this observer state mm -hmm. Uh, but it is really focus. It's mm -hmm. just playing with focus. And if you think about, like, we all know that person where you have to like touch them. You can't even call their name. Like they're they're studying or they're mm. they're looking. They're watching TV. They won't notice you until you like poke their eyeball or something. Mm -hmm. And then there's other people who are kind of like constantly jotting back and forth like a bird because they're they're just in that kind of state all the time. These are just different layers of that that mm -hmm. same mechanism. Absolutely, I absolutely. Love, I love hypnosis. And. Um, <laughs> To answer your question, like one of the tricks and one of the reasons why um, I started like searching and like studying hypnosis, all these uh, ways of um, using your brain in what I feel is like full capacity mm -hmm. comes from my background in plant medicine. Because when you really study what happens during those states, it's basically your brain enters multiple uh, brain waves at the same time and sinks from your left brain, right brain front lobe and the back so i discovered that you basically can do that under the hypnotic state which is why 
we integrate traumas and beliefs and, you know, whichever stories that you're integrating under plant medicine so much faster than if, let's say, you just do... I mean, I, I don't want to do a generalization, but some people are like in therapy for years and years and years, and then they, they're able to resolve something, you know, on, let's say, like in a week of ayahuasca. Because you're in this hypnotic state, basically, under the use of um, this, this, you know, this plant medicine because of the substances with DMT and everything. Mm. So one of the tricks to really anchor affirmation is to manually, in a sense, um, induce that state. So stimulating your left brain and right brain and also the frontal lobe and your amygdala. So you can do that with a hypnosis trance, so putting yourself under, which is basically entering a deep, 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 deep meditation, and also the technique that I that I use called Psyche, which we do it manually, so uh, you, using somatic exercises with the affirmations to able to anchor that uh, in the body. What does some of that stuff look like? like? I remember a long time ago I saw this thing where like someone was, like they crossed their legs and then they crossed their arms and they would touch their ears. And it did something to like their brain yes. patterns and stuff. Well, I don't use that move okay. <laughs> with a, a with psyche, but it, something the principle is very similar actually. So when you cr- cross, how you say it, like when you cross your right side and your r- left side, it actually makes a connection with your brain. Um, oftentimes, let's say if you have like a big emotional charge, it means like you know there's. I don't know how to explain it, but like the memory or the emotion or let's say energy is stuck on your left side, so you ne- which is like your emotional side. Mm. If you're able to cross cross this energy or emotion or whatever you want to call it into your other side, it's able to logically integrate, which is able to do like the integration. Integration is that. So after like you release the emotion, then you're able to see the situation or what happened with a you know new perspective, and also bringing, let's say, if something is really, really emotional charged, then it means that it's really stuck in the amygdala. The person is really in the amygdala, which is like your fight or flight, your reptilian brain. Mm. And you try to bring it to the frontal lobe, which is like your logical mind. So doing that with, you know, uh, these are derived from brain gene uh, moves, which maybe <laughs> the move that you talked about is part Sounds of it. Familiar. But we, we use very specific moves that we call balances and to not only like, dissipate the charge but also anchoring the new belief and so the body is your subconscious mind basically so whatever has a reaction into your body it also means there's a reaction into your subconscious mind mm-hmm. um so that's why when we do like you know either with Campbell or other stuff that i do also i am a uh, biodynamic breathwork and trauma release so when we release from the body it's also released from the subconscious mind which brings us, you know, when we purge, it's also mm. purges from your subconscious mind, purges from your body. Purges I feel from it directly sometimes. Yeah. Like you're, I mean, people know about like the psoas and things and like mm-hmm. your, your fight or flight creates that kind of uh, fetal position. Yeah. And all of those things are connected, you know, like I, I, there's a lot of times recently even where I've been very anxious or depressed and I just forced myself to stand like a, like Superman essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, breathe like very deeply, like 30 times. And that is... A couple minutes of my life and it completely changes the way I feel mm-hmm. and I realize you know I can I can realize okay my core is, is like open my shoulder my shoulders are open my thorax everything is like opening everything mm-hmm. is like I can breathe more easily the blood is flowing better these things are gonna make me feel differently and then to think that if I f- like it's a it's it's not a chicken egg thing like they just affect each other in mm-hmm. this complicated f- but kind of direct feedback loop so 
if I feel that way all the time and then I start shaping myself, the unconscious takes over the body slowly like a, like a tree growing, mm -hmm. you know, like it's not overnight and the healing is not overnight either, but you do start like cracking yourself open and then start feeling or thinking differently because you're attacking, you're just directly attacking your shape, like mm -hmm. your body. F f like Somatic complex. work is, is one of the most powerful works you can ever do in your life. Mm. And, um, then, and then you're saying that you turn that into like a left brain thing, which yeah. is really, that's the spell, like the magic we're talking about words. Like so it's like, that's why I say it's like manually inducing something similar that would happen and say under deep, deep, deep hypnosis or maybe even plant medicine states. And then it's like putting your body into a state. It's basically sinking your left brain and your right brain and bringing you into a unified state, which is uh, where first you get access to all your resources at the same time which is your emotional side and also your logical sign uh, side which brings your wisdom so your inner wisdom is brought to the surface also but also is the perfect state to um, also anchor new conscious beliefs because like i said like we have multiple subconscious beliefs that we've anchored you know since childhood that we didn't necessarily choose but now like instead of having that belief what do you want like what what would you like to to believe instead about yourself, about mm. life, you know. It's, it sounds like opening, uh, like if you ever play video games, like you can open the console and then like put cheats in, in like your PC. Yes. Like uh, it sounds <laughs> it sounds like the same. It's like it's this. the same. Yeah, the code underneath sort of. So then you yeah. become like a bit of a coder or like a hacker or something. Exactly. I'm, I don't want to deviate the conversation too much, but I'm really curious about this process because I've heard about it a lot in other mm -hmm. avenues. And one question I have, I think I kind of know the answer because it's, it's, it's hard work or help, you know, but how do you, like dive into theta like how do you just get theta and then you can like toss in affirmations and well the theta state is a little tricky because a lot of people f actually fall asleep in that state yep so <laughs> you know <laughs> when you're like trying to meditate are you guys ever done like a 10 day solid retreat yeah, something we did you know yeah. like sometimes like you're falling asleep oh, yeah. and you're like okay let me get some you know <laughs> Pyramid oil, something. <laughs> some, people, some people get like agitated. It's like it's like it's telling to your personality a little bit. I don't mm. know. I'm, I'm not sure. I'd, I'd love to dive into that too. But yeah, like I was one of those people who yeah. started drifting off. Yeah. So it means like you're getting like in those theta waves type of things. <laughs> so the trick is to bring yourself up. So open your eyes, wake yourself up a little bit, and then go back in, and mm. meditate. Um, but you don't need to go into theta to actually anchor beliefs. Um, most hypnotherapy is actually done in the alpha uh, brainwaves type of state. Um, so, and what happens if the client goes into theta, then they fall asleep. A lot of the times they don't really understand, they don't remember <laughs> what happened during the session. But it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, if the therapist, I mean, you, you trust that they continue with you know, reading the script or giving you whatever you guys decided, then you still anchor it. But you yourself, you don't need to go into theta to actually start um, your self-hypnosis. Okay, cool. That's actually relieving. I just feel like I like I couldn't do it unless I was like a avid meditator. Let's say, you yeah. Know, like no, it's actually quite a, quite easy and cool. quite fun. I get repetition either way is gonna yeah. help, right? But yeah, doing and it, doing it alone. most importantly, it's like your self, um, like what you're telling your self speech inside your head. Like, be really, really mindful about that, and like really take the command of what you're telling to yourself. And every time you catch yourself with that awareness, like think the opposite and say it out loud. Like saying out loud does something also because it resonates into your body. I've been doing mm. that, but not out loud. 
I've been, yeah. it's like a cognitive behavioral therapy trick that a friend of mine, mm. I, I'm like a, I'll even snap the elastic here mm. and yeah. realize that I'm hurting myself unconsciously and yeah. kind of turning it into something conscious yeah. and then replacing the, let's say self-defeating uh, thought or, or a self-loathing uh, mm. emotion or the limiting belief or whatever, choose it, you know, pick. Cause I, at first I thought it was kind of surface like uh, internal dialogue, but then once that got cleaned up a little, there's just this, this, other like underneath the water like iceberg kind mm-hmm. of thing so much more mm-hmm. that it, that is so that is less evident mm-hmm. but it, but i i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna start doing it out loud and mm-hmm. just kind of because i know the value of that too but i guess i didn't put those two together like mm-hmm. you you are listening to yourself absolutely you know, it's like a part of your brain is doing the listening and a part of your brain is doing the talking almost mm-hmm. or i guess it, uh, that is the way to it's interesting i got to do that more too because i'll correct something in my mind but it won't necessarily be said out loud and I can I can already picture the difference in just putting it out there. Absolutely, it's 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 also you know um, you know whether you believe it or not, you know you're not only hearing yourself saying it, but you're also feeling it because you know in your head there's a vibration. But if you f- say it aloud, like your whole body resonates, mm. and if you add in like the in energy and the emotion that you want to put behind it, it's even more powerful because now it's like it's somatically. Like, mm-hmm. you know, your body get a resonance of what it feels like. In and out. In and out. So it's very, very powerful. Like That's something I, I really heard you say before also, like when you're talking about making affirmations and taking the time to feel what you need to feel, like to integrate it or, mm-hmm. or to f- make it feel true or to whatever whatever it is for the, you know, the, the specific affirmation. But I haven't been doing that either. You know, it's just kind of like busy work. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I stop and take the time, it might be a little more intimidating as a task if I'm feeling lazy or something, but it's it's going to, I'm, I want to say feel real, but it will feel more real. Like it'll be more real because I'm, I'm invoking the emotion I want to, inv- I want the affirmation to invoke. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the time to feel the way I want to feel. I want this affirmation to make me feel. It's like the, the practice is incomplete without that. It's so obvious now that I, now that you bring it to light, mm-hmm. but uh Little details like that, I haven't. Little tricks, take. I have a lot of those <laughs> into my pockets. Keep going, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning a lot here. Um, but what I would say is that, like healing and you know empowering yourself, it's not like you know, there's no magic pill. It's it's a process. Um, you know, the reason why I do all these different modalities and offer all these different, you know, tools, it's because I see how, first of all, they integrate really well together, but also they all applicable in different phases of your own evolution so sometimes you know you do need to do like more trauma work so really go and cleanse those like negative emotions that you have within yourself they're linked with the limiting beliefs put that into light and after that's you know release or cleanse then the fun starts you know you anchor in the new belief like the new conscious belief that you want to believe in yourself it's all about changing your identity Mm -hmm. as well so because you know it it, it is a process of changing changing learning transforming which is when once you get you know you see how fun it is it's fun but you know of course like if you would have talked to me like five years ago and say oh this horrible (laughs) transformation is horrible (laughs) all this purging and oh suffering um but it doesn't like after you you found other ways of doing things this process actually can be quite enjoyable as well now i'm no longer believing like you need to really deep suffer um you could it could be done with ease and grace and love yeah that's a that is a a belief i have i mean it's maybe it's kind of true right now maybe it's a limiting belief but for the time being or at least until recently 
And, and a friend of mine uh, who practices and offers similar uh, services, mm -hmm. let's say, uh, she told me, like, you, ha you have to eventually learn that you don't need to suffer to learn or to mm -hmm. grow. And I was like, whoa, like, I didn't hear that. Like, I couldn't integrate that. I mean, I heard it, but I realized this instant, like, screen, like, that just did not or could not get through in terms of my beliefs. Mm. And hearing you talk now, and I guess with my recent experiences, able to, he to hear that for real, I do just see it as like this fun project. It's like the project of all projects because yeah. you are sharpening the ax that is your entire yeah, it, being. What's the, the most important project of your life anyways? It's you. It's your self-discovery. It's like coming back to yourself, to your essence, to like just embodying like your pure essence and your pure self. Mm. And that, you know, it just like, you know, you go to the garage and change parts of your car. Then sometimes you have to oh, take a look and go a little bit closer and do a little bit of repairing. But at the end of the day, you know, it's coming back to, to, to your own divinity. Yeah. So that's the goal is, is enough to be happy about. But yeah. it can be a labor of love, like just in general. But I mean, with that as the goal, let's like I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you're like going back to your own divinity. Yes. That f that if you if you understand what that means at all, if that if that resonates into any kind of experience for you, that just must be something beautiful and <laughs> and like like smile inducing I'm smiling right now i just like there like, you go it's a it's a it's a lightness and so a it's honoring your own satsang the satsang of your soul that's really nice i am having a lot of fun talking to you <laughs> <laughs> what's next how much time do we have <laughs> three we, we got like 10 20 minutes uh i don't know if you have uh if you're in a rush um so it's 350 now yeah i still have 10 15 yeah. minutes okay. no problem. Time a little bit but yeah Let's flow no. a bit. But that—that's such a nice way to approach it, though, because when you recognize your own divinity, you can just start testing yourself in different situations. How will I respond in this kind of environment? Not giving into fear. I'll go to this place or whatever. I'll try this experience and see how I'll react to it and what lessons could be found there. Versus if you were dictated by your fear, you would never even look at any of this as a fun option. It's just like this terrifying option, you know? Mm. I had that a lot when I went to Thailand for a month. I would just get into situations, not dangerous ones, but situations that are like, maybe most people would be like, that's fucking crazy. Are you out of your mind? But more like, I would just see how, how things would respond or how to react in this kind of environment because I knew I'd be okay and whatever. I'm not talking about anything crazy here, but just these playful tests with yourself to see how you'll be. It, it gets kind of fun. You know, it's, you're constantly just pushing the line, seeing where, how far you can really go. Life becomes a bit of an experiment. That's it, you know? And it's, it's fun. Yeah. It's a, it's a half game, <laughs> half experiment. Maybe s sprinkle on a little, not seriousness, but like sincerity. Even though it's a game, you're trying hard. Even though it's an experiment, you're, 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 you're playing a game, <laughs> you know, like you're well, one in the other. Like I don't know this formed as a mantra, I guess, or just a belief system, but I always approach everything now. Maybe it's from my years of psychedelic use, but that everything I'm doing is happening, but I'm also this awareness that it might just be a fucking, like a, like a legit illusion or simulation that at any given time they'll just take off the game and be like yo how you, how'd you do so I keep that as like <laughs> everything I do in my life there's those two sides to the coin that are always <laughs> operating because I'm not fully convinced that this isn't just like something that someone's just going to pull me out of and I'll take the glasses off and be like oh that was a fun game that was a cool experience I was this guy Nate for fucking 27 years 28 years you know you're at an arcade like Rick and Morty style yeah. Nate 3000 <laughs> and what happened with that obviously I don't do 
crazy things like uh, um, hurtful things, but I, I recognize that I can f- I can fuck around a bit and, and test myself in a, in a healthy manner, mm-hmm. you know, and also not take everything too serious because I know that it might just be that, just an illusion. That's an intelligent, like, middle path. It's, it's just formed <laughs> over the years through hearing people talk in podcasts and my psychedelic experiences, and it just it just grew together and I just have like this weight off my shoulders in a sense, you know, things still affect me. Things still bother me. You know, um, things take time to process, but it's also just knowing that, Hey, this could be just, just like that. It's gone, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like the experiences feel real. So let's just acknowledge, you know, the pain and the suffering is there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but yes, I always keep in mind that, <laughs> Hey, this is a, Multiple, multiple sacred texts <laughs> say it. Um, yeah. If you study deep, you know, Advaita Vedanta, you know, it's all it's the first thing, you know, it only exists in the mind of God. Even yeah. in the Bible, like in Genesis, they say that, um, they say that uh, Adam went to sleep and started a dream, but they never mentioned that he actually woken up. <laughs> Whoa, I didn't know that. <laughs> I did not know that either. <laughs> so it makes you... I Think about it. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are we awake or are we asleep right now? I always felt that when we take psychedelics, it's like we're unplugged from the matrix. Sure we're unplugged from way. our own matrix. Yeah. And when we're unplugged from our own matrix in reality of 3D, that's when the fun starts, which for me, the unplugging is really about doing this whole work, you know, acknowledging, healing, you know, and then also doing the fun part of reprogramming yourself but also bring this awareness and see how this all this all happened you know yeah and then how do you consciously want to create and then you start having fun in this maya dream at least that's where i'm at right now (laughs) (laughs) it sounds perfect you know just going backwards into your story and kind of like falling in love with yourself Mm -hmm. and and realizing that your the past you uh you know, we're ashamed of is, is like your, your moment now is going to be a past for your future self. Your moment now was the future at some point that you were afraid of maybe. And it's just like, it, it kind of makes you shed the, the emotional attachment or the emotional confusion when it comes to time, you mm. know, and then you kind of have this, maybe this left brain, more cemented idea of being present, the value of being present. You know, like the motivation to be present instead of just being present to be present. You got to train it somatically, like you said, but you got to make it emotional and make it spiritual and make it, well, like make it spiritual, but make it uh, intelligent as well. And also honoring our humanity, too, because that's what we came to experience, our humanity. That's where we incarnate. It's mm-hmm. not only to live, you know, in the stars and, you know. <laughs> that's a big thing. You know? like <laughs> it's I, like I feel like we're, there's like this uh, meta shame of just like being alive. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, we want to be god again or we want to whatever it is i remember I, I took dmt once with this kid and i fucking <laughs> i i just came out of it saying it wants to be us we're going this way and it's coming the other way like we're going the wrong way man. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way of putting it yeah. that's well that's the game isn't it like it want to experience itself yes. it's like you know the hero's game over and over and over again <laughs> the hero's journey sorry yeah. so you know like we're human and like oh we think something's wrong with us let's go back to god and god's like wait wait we're supposed to anchor this divinity into humanity <laughs> and then we freak like i mean for me every time i take you know um antigens it's like it's like i take them and they're always come to a point where i just start laughing <laughs> 
Oh my God, Angie, you just got caught up again into your own <laughs> matrix. Thank you, ego. And then it's I just start laughing like, oh my that's God, great. I just caught up into the illusion again. Ha 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 ha. And usually that's when, you know, the nice part of the trip comes. Yeah. Like just blissing out. I got to turn that into laughter because for me, it always turns into like apology. Mm. Even when I'm getting a massage, someone hits like a, like a sore spot or like a knot or whatever you want to call it, you know, air quotes. But uh, I just start going like, oh, I'm sorry, like leg. I'm sorry, back. You know, like I have been neglecting you. Mm. And then it, like even before I said sorry, it's like I, I, I stamped this like kind of I perpetuated this emotional like this shame, essentially. Mm. Whereas you are literally like giddy. You're like, you're like, oh, it's I did funny, it again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I've done, I don't know, maybe like probably somewhere like 20 times ayahuasca. You know, every time there comes to a point, I go back there and I remember and then I forget again. <laughs> and then I go back and take Ayahuasca again. Whichever yeah. other plant medicine or animal medicine. And yeah. like, I was like, shit, I just forgot again. And so that, I mean, it's also it's part of the funny. game. You know, get we funny. get that amnesia, that human yeah. amnesia where we just get caught up. Yeah. But again, it's about whoop, that moment of awareness. Okay, what's going on? Okay, I can see I'm back into those weird subconscious commands that I have. Okay. <laughs> and that's, you know, when we should give ourselves like stars. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I make like clapping hands in my head, like <laughs> when you catch yourself, it's like yes, yeah. big win of consciousness. Like all of your guides and ancestors, this what what else would they be doing? They're yeah. just like you're doing great, man. Yeah. yeah, we did our best, and you're doing your best. It's awesome. Yeah. Just go Get back in there. Yeah, let's yeah. go. Yeah, we'll see you soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's why for me this. <laughs> This ceremony that I went to this past oh, weekend Lord. was actually one of the easier ones I've ever experienced. Mm. Usually there's so much purging resistance. It was just like, I think that awareness just woke up so quick. Mm. It's like, oh, you got caught up. Okay, let's enjoy it. And then, <laughs> <laughs> no purge. It's my second ceremony in a row, no purge. No purge, beautiful. Finally. But, well, it's not a bad thing, but it's just, it's nice yeah. to, to, to step away from the bucket for a change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, was, it, was, it, was, it wasn't a celebration, but it was just... Uh, like a, just like a, the humility and the fun part of it, just like oh, you got caught up. Okay, we're good. We're back. Let's let's observe this whole story, and not be stuck in it. And it was really, it was a it was a celebratory weekend. That's what it felt like. Mm. Whereas Beautiful. when you get caught up, sometimes you think you're really stuck. But it's so simple. Sometimes just when you become an observer, it's so quick, you know, and it's so it's so perfect when you can just observe. And you can't not laugh. Yeah, you laugh. You're like, look at you. You're really so caught up on what you thought was important. <laughs> you yeah. It's such a space to cultivate. It's mm. beautiful. Yeah. It's I, I, I think about, I've only done ayahuasca once. Mm -hmm. And I was a completely different person on the other side. I was like just lighter and happier and like dancing and, you know, like, but but as soon as, like that, 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 that was just a downhill. Like you, you even said it perfectly before. There's, there's like this afterglow, but mm -hmm. it's uh it's a, it's like a gift. It's this momentum, and it's like a pen. It's, 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 it's gonna run out of ink, mm -hmm. or if you will, you know, and you have to kind of write stuff down. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, that's, that's what I tell my clients. You ever for Campbell, you know, like you'll have a boost. You know, I mean, ninety nine percent of people have like this major boost of energy, physically, mentally. It cool. lasts last anywhere from ten days to even nine months for some people, but on average, they say thirty days, and mm -hmm. that supportive state is really for you to like make a plan and take steps like mm. make it happen because you know it will run down but yeah. because you have this uh, enhanced state you know physically mentally and spiritually whether whichever substance you're taking mm -hmm. it's the time to say because not your your ego 
is like you soften mm. and it doesn't have so much weight into you. And so those patterns that usually have there don't have, you know, you're lighter literally. Yeah. So, you know, you're able to create new pathways into your brain, but also yes. into your life. That was my mistake. That's beautifully put. Like I, I, I but just there is no the mistakes. That's the even fun, more fun part. Well, it was a, it was a learning lesson. It's yeah. like making me now that I see it for what it is, and and like took the clothes off of it, like took the the shame, the the life traps, like mm. off. And I just I saw it had to happen for me to learn. If someone would have told me, I wouldn't have integrated it properly. Like now I you have the it. knowledge of it. Yeah, and I had now to, you. That was maybe your first lesson from that ceremony. I got a few things from that yeah. ceremony, honestly. Right. And as time passes, I kind of notice them. It's yeah. that's that's one one thing I noticed, a huge thing. I don't even know if I've said it on the podcast yet, but the fact that I don't go out of my way to integrate things. I I had that mentality for a long time of just taking the pill, so to speak. And even if it was shrooms or or I don't know, you know, ayahuasca or something or a DMT trip, like I thought I was just pushing a button and I was going to get something out of it mm-hmm. and sort of, but not what I, what I, not what I need. Mm. I mean, you know, you, we get what we need, yeah. but, but I, it's not, it's my expectations were just wrong. Yeah. And, and the truth is that it, it was, it was just this, um, it, 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 there's a lot of information and a lot of physical and mental and all kinds of benefits from all angles of your, your, your existence. But you have to, kind of honor the intelligent monkey that is your body you know and and honor the 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 observer that's kind of running the show in a in a in a yes or no kind of way not like not in a direct commanding versus controlling like the something as simple as like kind of sifting through my experience and remembering parts of it and writing stuff down like i wouldn't do these basic things to integrate these powerful and acute experiences, fleeting, dreamlike experiences. Mm. I have to sit down. I have to write this stuff down. I have to take the time, and I didn't. And ayahuasca was a glaring experience for that. I, I, all the other, all my trips, most of my trips, I don't. I didn't talk about it after. Uh, sometimes, right after, you're kind of discombobulated and you can't really get into it. But like months, years later, I'm finding new things, and I'm like, "Fuck! I got to write this shit down. I got to integrate this stuff because mm-hmm. it's wisdom. Yes, it's not just like a thing that happened." and now I'm better, there's some release there, and a lot of that is the ceremony, not the plant medicine. Mm-hmm. And then the plant medicine obviously has its own benefits and stuff, but like, just just the actual example of it was I took ayahuasca, and then I, I had this uh, space, you know, I had this ability to become the observer very easily, and that was huge. Mm-hmm. But in that state, I noticed how much I didn't love myself, how much I, I didn't take care of myself, uh, and I, I just kind of abused my uh, laurels, no, my my luxuries. The, the things that made my life easy made me live a, a lesser life, mm-hmm. essentially. And then noticing this, I I had shame instead of that playful. Like I just went, my ego went back into. You know, we all (laughs) go through the same. I mean, not everybody, but it's normal. It it takes a while until you you start laughing at your own too much seriousness. Yeah, yeah. But it's normal. um, Like, uh, I I mean, most of my ayahuasca first experiences, I would say most of them, I I just cry most of the time because it just cracks open my heart. And anything will just make me cry from joy or from sadness. So, 
no worries about that. <laughs> don't be ashamed about feeling shame, you know, about that. It's, don't, it's, yeah, don't second arrow. Don't shame your shame, just dude. Drink the just next allow cup. and breathe through it. Yes. <sighs> let it in and let it out. Yes. That's you have to feel it to heal it. I like that. That's a great way to end it. Angie. We could talk was, forever. Eh? That was amazing. Can, this was really fun. Thank you. You got to come back. Thank you. Uh, with <laughs> pleasure. And I'm like, man, I should start a podcast Absolutely. myself. So <laughs> this is fun. I honestly <laughs> recommend it. You have a lot to say, a lot of yes. cool stuff, a lot yeah. of experiences yeah. and info. And Well, you know, with COVID and everything, uh, it was different. But I'm yeah. like, maybe I should just, you know, invest in uh, yeah. And then I'll invite you over. Hell yeah. Yep. And then we can continue <laughs> the chit chat. You know, one week here, one week there. Let's do That's it. A, please. I can't wait to talk to you again, honestly. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's been an honor to talk to you both. Thank you. you guys are Likewise. really fun to talk to. Thank, thank you. you. All right, everyone. Stay curious. Peace and love. Stole your line, Sammy. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs>